Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.
There's not but one thing else to do. Grab them and throw them in the river. 
Okay, how, how, how can you do that? So, this happened over 400 years. Okay? The, the Hebrews were in bondage for 400 years. Get this. Born and died only a slave. Their dad was a slave. Their great, their, you know, grandfather, great grandfather. Their whole identity is only known as slavery. Four hundred years, and this is where we see Moses appear on the scene. Exodus two. It says, "Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant." and gave birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. So, evidently this decree from Pharaoh was not very old. Moses had an older sister, but he had an older brother who was around three years of age. You know, so evidently this is somewhat, you know, somewhat new when it comes to the decree. Unfortunately for little Moses, when he opens his eyes the first time and he takes his first breath, instead of seeing a loving family and community, unfortunately there's fear and there's terror because now they realize there's a death sentence on this little child. That's his first few moments. Instead of happiness, now it says she knew that she had to hide him. So she's Moses is born, but he's born into this system of slavery with the death sentence. So now the mother, Jochebed, has to, every morning, she's got to keep this hiding going. She's got to try to find some way to nurse and, and, and raise a child, but also she's a slave as well. She's got to go back, eventually she's got to go back to her duties, so... Now, every day, when they wake up, they've got to come up with a plan to hide this child. She had a, a, an older sister or a daughter, Miriam, and I'm sure every day was a shell game trying to keep this child. Can you imagine the stress and just the pressure every morning? Because if you blow it, if you haven't thought through something, you know what the end result is of this of this particular child. So for months and months, every morning that they wake up, all right, at this time you'd be here, you'd be here, you you do this, I'll come. Every day you've got to make that plan. How many close calls were they? Because these these Egyptian soldiers, they knew the death decree, and they, 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 would, they would enforce it if they knew. So, you know, it gets it's several months and then this becomes more and more difficult because the baby is getting older. She's probably thinking in her mind, how am I going to do this when he's two years old? There's, there's no way. How many know you cannot keep a baby quiet when it's supposed to be quiet? You just can't do it. So, man, this, the stress that she has, and finally after three months of doing this, Day after day after day, with this baby growing, all the close calls, she just can't handle it anymore. And she makes a decision concerning his future. <clears throat> and it's a terrible decision. But there's no great options 
There's no social welfare net. There's no adoption. There's no money. You can't smuggle him out of town. Where's he going? There, there's no options. So she makes a decision, and it's a terrible decision. But what other option does she have? Verse 3. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. Right? Terrible. So she lived in an era where people made baskets. That's just what she did. It was a skill that you had. So she had done this before, had seen this before. But now she's got to, she's got to prepare a basket. And it's not just any basket that will hold fruit. Okay? This is the most important basket that she will ever construct in the history of her life. And the quality of the construction of the basket literally means the life and death of her child. Yeah. Look at these reads. that we are building 
unknown baskets of faith for our families and for our kids. And we've got to build it with the same care and concern that Jochebed did when she was constructing the basket for Moses. Can I give just a few things, parents? I'm not preaching at you. I'm one. I'm one. I've raised three daughters. I have the mental scars to prove that, okay? Need some counseling sometime. When they go to Ulta, I gotta go get it on. Need somebody to bring another package. Those who say parents. Parents. Building the basket of faith for your kids starts with you. Model. Model the life of faith in front of them. Okay? Model the life of faith in front of them. You see, they need to see that lived out from people who have more influence and more time, you know, in front of them. At church, we give them a few hours a month. You're living with them all the time, okay? Yeah. So they need to see that modeled and lived out. And listen to me. You don't have to be perfect. Just try to be consistent. Yeah. You don't have to... You don't have to try to, you know, be perfect in everything you do, but just try over the course of time to be consistent. Let them know in word and in action you follow Jesus. Okay? Let them know that. Let them know that. Do your best to live a godly life. Do your best to live a godly life. Do your best to have regular devotions, personal devotions, that you model the life of prayer. When you pay your tithes or missions, when you write the check or when you do it online, call them over and go, hey, this is another way that we worship God from this, from this family. And let me say, if you fail, that's okay. Ask forgiveness and move on. But do your best to model the, the, the faith of, of, the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about teach them God's word? Teach them God's word. Deuteronomy 6 is very specific to parents, not to church. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing to possess so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by them, by, by keeping all these decrees and commands. Look at this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, he's just saying as you're journeying through life together, make sure that the word of God is part of that, that you're talking, you're discussing when there are things that happen in life that you are able to, to use God's word as a teaching moment. Tie them as symbols on your heads, hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Ladies, you just got God's permission to go to Pinterest and decorate your house with all kinds of godly stuff. There should not be any budget considerations on that. Amen? I got marriage counseling starting on Monday. So, so I just want to say 
but the church is secondary in this area. The primary instruction comes from parents in the home, okay? The primary instruction comes from the parents in the home. And listen, we will help you. We've got we got all kinds of devotional stuff, YouTube videos. We can help you kind of kind of in that training. So something else. Have them regularly in church. We're building a basket of faith. If church attendance is an afterthought or it's secondary or there's a low threshold, whether we go or not, if that's the way, you know, we'll kind of get up on Sunday and kind of figure out what we're going to do. If that's kind of how it's handled now, listen, it's almost a certainty they won't darken the door of the church in the future. It's not original with me, but it's said going to church is a Saturday night decision, okay? Hey, tomorrow, you know, or just in life, man, unless we're sick, vacation, something unusual, we're going to church. We're going to church. And I want to I tell you, they need to be here enough that they can develop relationships and feel community. They don't need to feel like a stranger because they're coming so infrequently. They need to be in the house of the Lord. Listen to me. Every child needs a children's ministry. Every teenager, it needs a youth ministry. They need to come to the house of God. They need to feel worship. They need to feel God's presence like we felt a few moments ago. They need to hear the instruction that comes from God's word. They need to meet and know godly people within the household of faith. And they need to feel and sense God's presence. They need to be in the church on a regular basis. I'm not, I'm not legalistic on that. If you go on vacation, you're sick, you're out, those things are fine. But outside of that, let's get them. It's part of building the, the basket of faith. It's parting, part of the spiritual formation that God gives me right now as a parent. I want to say something else, building this basket of faith. Be proactive in conversations about faith, relationships, sexuality, marriage, and issues of life. You got to be proactive on this. See, we lose this by default. We don't say things. We don't bring up conversations. And we are allowing, in some cases, movies and music and social media to form the spiritual values of our home. So there's one day that you wake up and your child is speaking a value that is opposite of what you've taught and believed, and you go, where'd that come from? I'm not throwing stones this morning. Please, 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 please. I'm a parent. I'm your friend, okay? But we got to be proactive in these conversations. We gotta, we gotta initiate these conversations. If there are things on the news, we need to, we need to respond to them teaching teaching God's word about relationships and behaviors and sexual purity and marriage, waiting until marriage and what, <clears throat> what marriage is and what marriage is not. We need to be proactive about the family structure, the biblical order of the family structure. We need to talk to them about faith. You see, there's a lot, especially 
in our schools and especially in our colleges, there's a lot of, of uh, criticism of faith that comes from the secular world. And our kids hear these, they hear these criticisms all the time of, of the church and things that we believe. They're also taught as well that there's just this kind of sloppy spirituality that as long as you care about being a good person and that you acknowledge God, then, then you're good when you stand before God, all right? That's, that's the spiritual battle that we are fighting as parents. And now there's a term that's, that's disturbing to me that is in secular culture. It's called deconstruction. And I'm going to do a series on this in the fall because I care about young adults where people, kids of faith, they make an official statement, usually on social media, that they are walking away from their faith. They are deconstructing what they've been taught no longer applies or they feel like is no, you know, no longer valuable. So they're deconstructing. Been in contact with some students that I know from previous ministry that have gone into official deconstruction so we have to advocate for faith we gotta we gotta have these conversations and sometimes it's uncomfortable and you may not feel qualified that's okay I understand that but we cannot remain silent on these issues this is part of building and protecting the basket of faith we got to deal with alternate lifestyles we got to have those conversations we got to talk to them lovingly, lovingly about, about these issues that they are constantly seeing promoted and affirmed by people in, in the world. We went through here in Florida. They, they passed a bill. I mean, it became national news. Don't say gay. I don't, I'm just, I'm looking at that. I, I looked at it and I read it. I mean, you know, this is for kids who are preschool up to third grade. We're going, there should be no instruction about these lifestyles to that age group. And I wanted to go, are you serious? Has there been instruction to my kindergarten, con kindergartner concerning these alternate lifestyles? Are, I mean, are you serious? And I just want to say, too, I don't think the schools have any business in being in sexual education. Leave that to the parent. Leave that to the home. Trust the parent. Trust the home. Okay? But I'm just saying to you, we, we've got school curriculums now who are weighted in certain ways when it comes to alternate lifestyles. And, and we're paying for it with our taxes, and it's coming home in a, in, a, in a curriculum book that's sitting in your home. I'm just saying to you, we can't be silent on these issues. We cannot be silent on these issues. It's, it's more challenging now as a parent to raise a child than it was 20, 30 years ago. The... The, the spiritual conflict and the spiritual intensity is greater now. And we cannot abdicate our, our position of values and morals to social media and school curriculums. We can't do it. you got to take the lead in building a basket of faith. 
you got to take the lead. I want to say to every person that works in GC Kids Junior and GC Kids, GC Boys, GC Girls, JBQ, GC Youth, I want to say thank you. Because at some point, you got your hand on a basket. All right? At some point, when a kid walks through the door of your responsibility, a parent has entrusted you for a few minutes to try to, try to work on that basket. I want to say thank you. When you get off work and you're tired and you'd rather stay at home, I get it. <clears throat> I get it. You don't want to go to the nursery. You'd rather sit in church, but you do it. I, I get that. I want to say thank you. But I also want to say sometimes there are kids that walk in your door that their parents aren't paying attention to the construction of the faith basket. And you play a huge role sometimes with those kids. So I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to grandparents who find yourself kind of taking a lead, more of a role in the spiritual development of a child than you would like at this point. You get them, bring them to church, or you're praying for them, whatever. I just want to say thanks. Thanks to you. So it's a terrible night. Terrible night. Jacobed makes the decision, tomorrow's the day. I can't hold him any longer. I can't keep him any longer. Tomorrow's the day. Lays him down, probably not in the crib, probably with her, probably nursing, loving, covering with prayer, probably a moment filled with tears as well. The sun comes up probably way too early and they nod, it's time to go. They take a little child with a basket, blanket, and they walk down, they walk down to the Nile, and they wade into the water. They place the basket there. Maybe one more kiss, and they put that child in that basket and push it away and step back. Jochebed could not even stay. It says she put Miriam to watch. She had to leave. It was probably a moment of such anguish. But I want to say to every parent, we all face that moment when we push them away and we trust the hand of God and we trust the basket of faith that we have built in their life. There comes a moment where your daily influence is over. Now you're just an opinion, okay? And every, every parent at some point asks this question, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Now, sometimes that happens when they graduate from high school and you realize what is about to happen. Or, or, you know, like when they get married or when they graduate or really when you drop them off at the dorm in college. We always kind of reflect back, you know, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Well, you know the story, and it's a great story. That basket sustained 
that basket held. We don't know how long that child was floating with that, with that basket, but all of a sudden, it in a great story, Pharaoh's daughter comes down, sees this little, sees this little baby in a basket, has compassion, has compassion on this little baby, takes this baby back to the palace to care for him. Hey, I've got to find a nanny somewhere. I wonder where I could get one. Hey, there's this woman named Jochebed. She's got two kids. She's a wonderful mother. Why don't we get her? Don't you know she had to keep her mouth quiet when she was chosen to raise that child? Okay? The basket sustained, but there was still a challenge. There was still a challenge in raising Moses now in the palace of Pharaoh. And I want to say at that particular time too, Pharaoh had no heir. It is very possible that Moses started to be raised and thought of as, as the heir of Pharaoh. But now there's another challenge because she's raising Moses in the backdrop of the opposite of every spiritual value that she has. Jochebed, her husband was a Levite. He was a priest. You know, they lived in a godly household. And now Moses is raised, Moses is raised in a religious system that is the opposite of her. They were polytheistic. They were, you know, sun god and fertility gods. They were praying, they were praying, you know, living you know, living there and, and hearing all of that. And I want to tell you, we kind of live in that era, and I've mentioned it, we live in an era where we don't just battle against sin and iniquity, but a strange mixture of, of false religions and spiritual beliefs. Just be moral. Just try to do good. Just try to be a decent person. And those are all... Those are all great values, but I'm telling you, it will fall short when we stand before God. So she had this challenge as he's getting older, he's being raised in this religious system. So she had this challenge to teach him otherwise. He was raised in wealth. He was raised in wealth. Anything that he wanted. Wealth can breed arrogance and self-sufficiency. I want to remind you, raising a child in an affluent society is a difficult task for us and especially for her. And power. He was raised with the decree of one man, okay? Just, you can, when you're raised with that kind of power, you can grow up uncaring and unfeeling and no, no compassion. You just are there for decree, and that was, I mean, she had that challenge from the time that she started until he became an adult. She had those cross-cultural winds working against her. Brent, worship team, you can come. I want to ask you a question. Can your spiritual values live on to the next generation? Can your spiritual values live on to the next generation? 
So here she is, only seeing him maybe a few hours a day. I don't know the exact working, but she was there his entire life. But it's against the cross-cultural winds of different beliefs that she has. So there's a very common thought and common you know example that we have before us can you live a, can you raise a child who is who is uh, in this culture now can you raise them to live and know God I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 11 because Moses mother made it into the hall of faith you know the hall of fame Hebrews 11 we're studying that one of our our small groups. She made it. And I want to read you the passages there because with every parent, there are the invisible fingerprints of your raising upon your child. And I want to read Hebrews 11 and I want you to see, I want you to see the invisible fingerprints of Jochebed and her husband as they were raising Moses. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. I want to say again, you don't know who you're raising. You don't know. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Where did, where did he get that? Where did he, where did he get that awakening himself? No, this is not, this is not my system. This is not, this, is, this, is, this isn't me. He chose instead to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Where did he get that? He's raised as a prince of Egypt. There's nothing that is denied him. He gets, he gets anything, but and yet, instead of pleasure, he had this sense of right and wrong instilled in him. Even in the shadow of Pharaoh's palace, he chose the suffering of the Hebrews. Where did he get that from? Where did he get that awareness, that awakeness? He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Where, where, where did he get that concept of the reward? Where did he get that concept that one day he would stand before God in judgment? Where did that come from? It didn't come from Pharaoh's palace. It came from a mom and dad. By faith he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Where in his life did he kind of get that belief, that religious belief in God's power and God's presence? By faith, the people passed through the Red Seas on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Where, where did he get that? Where did he get that? So when I see that great scene of Moses with his hand 
to the Red Sea, I always just, in my mind, I see a little something different. I see a mom that at some point told a child, if your back's ever against the wall, you know I have an answer. You can call on the Lord. You can always believe God. So yeah, Moses gets the credit, which he should, which he should, all right? But in a supporting actress role, should be Jochebed as well, all right? So I asked you a moment ago, can your spiritual values be lived and passed down to another generation? In 2022, I say, yeah. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. It all comes back to Jochebed, who spent some time building a basket, the spiritual formation that saved Moses. And I just want to say to parents, how's your basket coming? Okay, no stones, because I'm a parent as well. Got high school, got kids in college. I'll live at home. I'm living this out with you. I'm I'm living it out. When my kids go to college and they come home with classes that I pay for that are actually the absolute opposite of values and beliefs, I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. So I just want to say to every parent, what a great challenge we have. Okay? Listen to me. I don't care what you do in your job. I don't care how much money you make. And I don't care who snaps at attention when you walk in your office or your workspace. The greatest responsibility you have in this world outside your personal walk with God is the raising of your parents, the raising of your kids. And your parents too sometimes. Bring that on. All right. I had some other things, other passages. I was going to get through the early part of Moses' life. I was going to get to chapter 4. Didn't make it. Early this morning in my office, I just felt this in my heart. Just felt it. This is the, the focus for today. So, man, no greater honor. No greater honor than to be a parent. Remember having my little kids come out of church with their little artwork that's awful. (laughs) Mine thought you were supposed to draw outside the lines. But seeing them come out of church, hand me their little artwork, hearing them sing Bible songs, sometimes in church when my kids are here. They always work. They're, they're doing different things. But just one Sunday, they were sitting over there. They were all three sitting together. I just saw them with their hands lifted, just worshiping God. I just want to tell you, that was one of the best moments of my life, just seeing them praise and, and worship God. I want to say to parents, sometimes, too, you do the right thing, and then for whatever reason, when they get older, they go astray. Okay, I, that happens. That happens. All right? And there's, that's what I'm saying. There's no stones thrown. But we, we got to do what we can right now. Okay? I can't control the decisions they make when they're adults. 
all right? But there are some things that I can control right now. I told my mother one Sunday night when I was 17, hey, I'm not going to church tonight. I'll go to church, but I'll decide when I go to church. I mean, it was wonderful world Disney. Come on. And she said, all right. She goes and gets the Bible, and she reads to me Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way which they would go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And she said, I just want to tell you, as long as you're in my house, you'll go to church when I say you go to church. Which I did. I grumbled the whole way. Probably about seven weeks later, on a Sunday night, I'm sitting in the back, back row. They gave the invitation. I did something I've never done before. I got it from the back row. Walked down to the front. Just fell on my face. And I had a life-changing experience with Jesus. And I look back over the course of my life in ministry. And my mom, in that moment, had a huge impact on the basket and the spiritual development and the things that I get to do today in ministry. I attribute to that moment of strong, decisive parenting. All right. I want to I pray over parents this morning, if you'll let me do that. If you've got a, a kid that's a senior or younger, and I'm, I got the senior, would, would you stand just right where you're at? I just want to pray over you. I just want to pray over you this morning. I just want to pray over you. I'm your friend. I don't have it figured out. Don't know everything. Just trying my best just trying my best. I want to pray over you. And I just want to say to you as well, there may be a time too that you need to really look in your own heart and make sure that values that you have, that faith in Jesus are number one. This may be a moment before I pray for you that you go, hey, I got to get some things in my own life right. I believe in God, but man, it's all jumbled together with other things. I got I to gotta make number one, number one in my life. Maybe if that's you, as we pray, as we pray today, and I'm going to give you that opportunity, maybe you come back and just go, hey, there are just some things, maybe I haven't been living this out like I should, and this morning, I, I'm starting over. This morning for me. This morning for me, okay? I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these parents with great responsibility in their life. Lord, I pray over them today. Pray over my friends. Pray over moms and dads. And Lord, I, I pray if there is 
maybe some parts of their lives are not serving you like they should, Lord, I ask you to do that this morning. I pray that they would pray the prayer. And I'm just asking you to do that if you're a parent. Here's your moment to go, hey, Lord, I need to get some things right with God. Lord, I pray. I pray over them this morning, their own walk with God, their own spiritual development, Lord. Not, not necessarily modeling right now, but Lord, their own personal walk with God. Let us come back to faith. Let us come back to you, Lord. I pray over that. I pray with these parents. I pray with these parents, Lord. Just for wisdom, God. I, there, there are issues that surface sometimes. We're not sure what to do. I pray for wisdom. God, I pray that you will help us navigate, be good parents and godly parents, Lord, over our children. I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that you would... Uh, help us when we need to when we need to be silent and I pray I pray that you would give us boldness when we need to speak Lord I pray for parents today raising kids in a very difficult time I pray over that today I pray over these parents today God for wisdom God to navigate the landmines that the culture has laid in front of us Lord I pray over parents today I pray over parents today thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. If you work with GC Kids, GC Kids Junior, JBQ, GC Boys and Girls, GC Youth, would you just please stand where you're at? Would you stand? I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. I want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You volunteer. You give of your time. You give of your time. You know, you're tired. You got other jobs. I want to say thank you, and I want you to know that what you're doing is of eternal value, even though you don't always get to see the fruit of it right now. So, Lord, I thank you for those that serve in these ministries. Lord, I thank you for those that, Lord, they give of their time, they volunteer. And, God, I pray that they would feel and sense just a fresh call this morning. God, that you would speak to them, Lord, that you would just give them a refreshing in their heart, Lord, a understanding of purpose, of the role of where they are called to serve. I thank you for every one of these. And Lord, if I, pr I pray if there is fatigue, I pray, Lord, if there's just some exhaustion, Lord, I ask, Lord, just for a fresh wind of purpose, Lord, as they are leading and modeling and instructing and guiding, God, I pray over them today. I give you thanks for them, Lord. I give you thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I want us all to take a moment. I want us to pray over our kids. I want us to pray over our kids, all right? We're scrolling some of the younger ones. I had pictures of your teenagers, but I figured they'd be, you know, uncomfortable about that, so I didn't put them up there. So, but I want to pray. I want to pray over your kids. I want all these leaders, I want you praying. Others, man, can we just take a moment? Man, if you think it's tough being a parent in this age, can you imagine being a child born into this culture, this hostile culture toward faith? Let's pray. Lord, we pray over our kids. We pray over grandkids. We pray over them today. 
God, we pray over their purpose, their destiny, their call. Lord, they have a, they have a purpose. They have a hope. Lord, you have called them to a future and to prosper them. And we pray, Lord, that they will walk into that. They will understand the plans of God that they have for them. Lord, even in their life, that there's a purpose that they may even begin to sense and know at a young age. And I pray over that in the future, but also now they would understand what you're doing in their life. Now I pray over their purpose and their call. Lord, the enemy would try to sow confusion and get them off on another, on another path and plan. But I pray for clarity when it comes to the call and the purpose of God. Lord, I pray over purity, mind and body. Lord, I pray that our kids, Lord, would have discernment over what is right and wrong in this day and time. God, I pray that part of their prayer would be to live out godliness and holiness in their life. Lord, I pray they will be convicted in areas, Lord, where they shouldn't be, but Lord, they'll feel God's blessings in areas that they should walk. Lord, we pray even now for relationships in their future. Lord, we pray for their spouse. God, we pray that you would close the doors of the wrong one, open the doors for the right one, and make it in the right time in the season. Lord, we pray for purity. Lord, we pray over people in their life. God, we pray. We pray for Christ-centered friends. Lord, we, we pray for the favor of the Lord with classmates and teammates. Lord, we pray that they would be an influence, Lord, for, for kids, for Christ. Lord, we pray. Uh, we pray over that, that in their life this morning, Lord. God, we pray. We pray over their pursuit of Christ. God, we pray that there will be a hunger in their life. Lord, it wouldn't just be carrying out mom and dad's faith, but there's a day that they grab it themselves. God, we pray that they will come into a faith and they'll take an ownership of their walk with the Lord. God, we pray for them. Lord, we pray that they'll cultivate in their heart, Lord, worship and prayer and being close to God. Lord, we pray, Lord, that they will have a heart for God, a love for his word. Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in God's plan and destiny for their life. Lord, we pray over our kids, pray over grandkids today. Lord, we pray over them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God can heal and God can restore. Okay, so listen to me. If you're a parent and maybe you kind of hadn't, you know, had the emphasis around your house that you should, here's your pivot line. You go to your kids and go, hey, you know what? Maybe we haven't done some things like we should have done in the past, you know, when it comes to our walk with God and our faith, you know, but we're going to do some things differently going forward. It's just an easy pivot. Just, hey, it might not have been what it should be, but I'm going to, I, I'm going to do better at trying to emphasize some spiritual things in your life and our walk with God. It's an easy pivot. They'll go, let's go to Chick-fil-A and all's good. All right, they will. Or maybe you've got older kids and you go, hey, you know what? Maybe over the course of your life, I did not emphasize some things 
to you maybe like I should. First of all, I want to say I'm sorry. You know, but if we ever we want to have conversation or I'm, I'm just going to try to maybe do some different things in my life. It's just an easy pivot. You know, like we just confess it and we try to change what's in the past is in the past. I cannot change that, but I can designate a day of change and I can begin to walk in that in the future. Okay, that's our goal. That's our goal. So I want to say if you're a parent, I'm on the same journey. I have some of the same kind of issues that you have. So, you know, you have a friend. Um, I'm going to be down here at the front. Maybe if I can pray with you about your walk with God. Maybe you got some issues in your home uh, with your kids. You know, I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe if you feel a little uncomfortable, just send me an email. You know, we'll we'll talk. I want you to know that you're alone. We're with you in this in this journey. Okay. Well, I love you. I love you. That was point one. I had three other points this morning. <laughs> we we had, I had to cater in lunch if I finished that message. Uh, so, well, I love you. I love you. We're, he, we're, we're here on this journey together. Amen. We are. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.